Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi and welcome to Thank You Saturn with me, Fern Angel Beatty. Thank You Saturn is a fortnightly podcast on the lesser discussed topic of the quarter life crisis. Saturn is the teacher planet, taking on average 30 years to orbit planet Earth. By the time it arrives back to the position it was in when we were born, we are expected to have learned important lessons from the first quarter of our life and be on our intended path. If we are not, this age can be difficult, as Saturn forces us to confront our fears, uprooting our lives in a myriad of ways to push us in the right direction. This is not punishment, but tough love, so if we heed its warnings, once it's off on its galactic trajectory once more, we can finally say, thank you Saturn. I'll take a look at our guests' birth charts to see whereabouts their Saturn is placed, and compare the predictions of this placement to our guests' reality. Today's episode of Thank You Saturn is the final one, but we're finishing off with an amazing guest in Millie Gooch. Millie is the founder of the Sober Girl Society, a hugely popular Instagram community with currently over 100k followers and growing every day. As a journalist, she has written for a range of publications and her campaigning work has been featured everywhere from Elle and Stylist to the BBC and Evening Standard. Throughout lockdown, Millie wrote the Sober Girl Society Handbook, an empowering guide to living hangover-free, and it's out today, 14th of January, from all good bookshops, also all good online retailers. Hi, Millie. Welcome. Hey, hiya. Thanks for hiring me. Come, it's my pleasure. How are you, Millie? I'm all good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Um, I've pre-ordered your book. and. By the time this comes out, it will be the 14th of January, which will be the day of its release. How are you feeling Yay. about it? I mean, it's like a complete mix of excitement and terror, if I'm completely honest. Because <laughs> like, it's a totally new thing for me to like put something out into the world and then to think like that's it, that's the final version. Because so much of like what I do is social media based that like if I change my mind I can delete it or I can Mm. like edit the caption and even like when I've worked in magazines I've mainly done like either digital or weekly magazines so like a weekly magazine is like in the bin by the end of the week whereas this feels like oh my god this is like putting it out there and I have to like stick by these views for the next few years. Do you already feel like you are removed from it because they say when someone puts out a piece of work by the time it's out you feel like you wrote it years ago. Yeah, I can't even look at it because I don't want to look at it in case there's like bits that I feel differently about and that mm. I want to change. And I only finished it in like July. So that's that's only like six months, but I already feel like, yeah, I can't look at it. it when I look at it, it makes me feel nervous. <laughs> and you obviously didn't actually set out to write a book. You were approached. So to yeah. have that 
on you as well. It's like a different, you weren't really expecting it. How long did it take you to write in total? So I've, do you know what? I'm probably the only person in the world who actually was grateful for like not COVID and everything, but like lockdown because I got the deal in like February and I had so many things on. I had like, I was going on a trip to Sweden. I had two Hindus. I had a, like a wedding, like loads of stuff. And it was due in July. So I, and, and I also got called up for jury service as well. No. <laughs> so I was like, I have, yeah. So I was like, I have no idea when I'm going to write this book. Really started panicking, got like really bad anxiety about it. Cause obviously in the meeting, you're just such a yes person. You're like, yes, of course I can deliver it then. Yes, like absolutely. And then I came out and the reality kind of hit me. And I was like, I just don't think I'm going to get this done with everything I've got on. And I started like debating not going on the Hindu and like all these other things that were really stressing me out. And then all of a sudden, everything got cancelled. Jury service, they emailed me and were like, you're no longer required, um, like due to COVID, like all the flights were cancelled and everything. So from literally February to, or, or like from March to July, I just wrote nonstop. I'd wake up in the morning, write all day. So it only took me from February to July, but I think had I had all those other things, I think I would have been begging for an extension. So basically you're confessing that you created COVID for your own <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but then I, it was weird because then like when this kind of second wave has happened, I don't really know what to do with myself. And I feel like I'm experiencing what everyone experienced the first time. Yeah. I'm like, oh, do I bake banana bread? Like yeah. what do I do? Well, I don't hold your first... breath because I'm sure you're going to have more to do when the book comes out. Like, <laughs> this is true, yeah. Enjoy a couple of weeks. <laughs> uh, so can you just tell our listeners, for people who haven't heard about you, what exactly led you to start Sober Girls Society? I know it's probably your most asked question. Um, okay, so, well, briefly, I, I, I didn't really drink before I went to university. I actually didn't, like, I wasn't really fussed by alcohol. I used to do, like, a lot of competitive dancing, so I didn't really, like... A lot of my other friends kind of did that 14, hang around in the park, but I just didn't really do that. And then I'm an August birthday, so literally about three weeks before I turned 18, I, um, no, sorry, like three weeks after I turned 18, I went to uni. So I'd like just legally been able to drink and then got sent off to like Sussex University in the middle of this like Brighton nightlife that was just like beyond anything I'd ever seen before. Like where I live, there's like one pub and everyone goes to that and that's <laughs> it. Whereas this is like 10 different clubs, like bars, pre-bars, like just everything. And um, I decided I wanted to work in that industry as well. It was just really exciting at the time. Um, so I kind of got like a few jobs in bars. I started like flyering um, and I just started like drinking, like my life depended on it. So I'd gone <laughs> from like no drinking at all to like proper binge drinking three, four nights a week. And I think I always say like, I never really learned to like drink sensibly because I didn't have like, you know, one glass of wine with dinner. I didn't like have a couple of drinks at a party. I just went from absolute zero to drinking as many Jager bombs as I could possibly fit into my stomach. And then I think because of that, I just kind of like carried on. Even after we left uni, everyone else kind of started getting a bit more sensible, but I just carried on going and I started working in like fashion and those kind of industries. And they were very like drink heavy, very party heavy. And like I would work with people I worked in I say it's that like fashion culture of like work hard play hard so we would like get there at like 8am not leave until like 8pm and then we would all go to the bar and get completely shit-faced and I would end up on a train home like I was going from London to Grey's End and I was ending up in like Dover like, oh my god in the middle of nowhere um and I, I think like as time went on I started making like 
more stupid decisions I started blacking out a lot more I mean you were there one time when we were at Pride and I was completely drunk and offending everyone (laughs) um and yeah so it's it kind of got worse and worse and worse that's when the kind of mental health stuff started I think I kind of noticed it towards the end of university um but I think it got worse and worse as I got older so I would like wake up and I would just have this like horrific anxiety of like, what did I say last night? Who did I offend? Where did I end up? How did I get home? And that feeling just wouldn't leave me for like four to five days. Like it was, it was getting worse and worse. And then I think because of that, I was drinking sort of like slightly more because we would get to like Thursday, I'd finally feel okay again. And then I'd be like, oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go out and drink again. And I kind of got in this like real spiral of drinking feeling anxious drinking again feeling anxious um just doing stupid stuff and then I went through like a really bad breakup so that was like towards the end of 2017 and I did what everyone is taught to do in a breakup which is go out get absolutely shit-faced and forget that they even exist which is exactly what I did um and it didn't make it better it only made it worse I would only wake up feeling lower and and more upset And then February 2018, I went out on this night out with my friends and I literally just don't remember anything. I remember like being in the club. I remember there was tequila. I don't remember leaving. I don't remember getting home. I had this text from someone called Tommy and it it said like, it was nice meeting you, but you were really, really drunk. And I just thought, if you'd have put him in front of me that morning, I couldn't have picked him out of a lineup. I genuinely couldn't have told you what he looked like. And I woke up that morning and I downloaded so I probably should have said this about three weeks before I was on a tube and I read an interview in Stylist magazine about this woman called Catherine Gray who had just released a book called The Unexpected Joy of Being Sober yeah and I read the interview yeah and I was like that sounds really similar to like things that I have done and she was kind of like talking about her experiences and I remember taking a picture of the interview and I was like oh I'll add that to my reading list at some point and then that morning when I woke up I just thought I can't do this anymore so I downloaded that book I was like you know it might help and I read the book and when I say like it changed my life, it like fully changed my life. And when I look back now, it seems really silly because all this stuff that I know now should have been so obvious to me, but it just wasn't. Like I just never even accepted any of this stuff about alcohol or the fact that I could actually live a life without it. That didn't even seem like a possibility to mm-hmm. me. And then I read this book and it just changed my outlook completely on alcohol and sobriety and people who don't drink. And I was like... I don't think I'm going to drink ever again. And I literally stuck to it. And so like three years later, here we are. But And she's recommended your book, hasn't she? She has, yeah. Well, she's recommended me as a person. (laughs) (laughs) Even better, even better. (laughs) Yeah, Um, and which is like a lovely full circle moment for me. But about like seven months into my sobriety, I didn't know anyone else who didn't drink and I just thought it might be really nice if you know there might be other people out there like me who didn't drink but were still like wanted to go out still wanted to party but just wanted to like discuss sober dating or like non-alcoholic wine so I thought I'm gonna start a page called Sober Girl Society my friends Shauna and Emma helped me come up with the name Um, and I started it and I just never in a million years thought that it would become big that it would be a thing that a book would come from it like that day I just didn't think 
any of that would happen. It's always the way, isn't it? And thank God mm. for those breakups that make us yeah. do something that changed our lives. Because that's the reason that this podcast exists is because I went through a breakup and learned about the Saturn return. So it's just funny how you turn things. Yeah. I, I completely, like, I think about it all the time. And I do think, like, I wonder if any of this would happen if I would still with him. And I, I just don't think it would have. I genuinely don't think it would have. The stuff that you have said, it sounds like if, if we didn't know like how old you were when that happened or whatever, it would sound like that was your Saturn return. Because obviously the Saturn return is something that you're, you're at a point in your life and you're, it's normally in your late 20s where um, you're kind of forced to make a change because mm. you just can't carry on the way you are anymore. So it's interesting when I looked up your Saturn return dates to find out that yours is actually from April 2020 to this month. So Millie is the first guest we've had who's actually going through her Saturn return right now. So what would you say has, I mean, you've pretty much explained it. And aside from a worldwide, worldwide pandemic, what specific challenges have you faced from April to January, right in your book? And um, how has that been for you? Um, yeah, do you know what? This has been like the best and worst year of my life, I would say. So like just before, well, it was like the week I got the book deal as well. My dad had a really bad stroke. Um, so I've been living at home while my dad's been getting better. And so I've been writing the book like at home. And I, I think I've had to face a lot this year because my life has been quite like apart from all the drinking and everything I've never really like I lost my nan a few years ago but I've never lost someone so, like really really close to me or had to deal with like really really hard stuff sober as well mm. so this has like doing that has been one big thing and then yeah like the pandemic in general has pretty much been from that time period plus writing the book plus like my kind of like social presence has grown as well and I've had to like I have learned so much about myself I think in this year and my resilience and what I need to do and I feel like genuinely towards this like January has been like a turning point of okay this is how I'm gonna actually go through this year because I need to be a bit tougher and a bit more resilient if this is going to be something that I'm gonna have as a job. Mm -hmm. Yeah so I think you you win in terms of any one Saturn return experiences like literally writing a book during a pandemic while a member of your family's not well so I commend you I think you've you've aced it Thanks. um <laughs> <laughs> your Saturn is in Aquarius so obviously when you look at your birth chart your different planets are in different zodiac signs and I wasn't a huge believer in any of this still take it with a pinch of salt but it's just interesting to know so your Saturn in Aquarius is the same as mine um and i'm just going to read the passage out here and see what you make of it so if your saturn is in aquarius you'll likely be just as charming and charismatic as actual aquarians but you don't want to hold court like they do or sample every party on a given saturday night you will be more private and more quiet in fact there is the bit of the homebody about you you don't want people to know how unique you truly are how independent or how different and i mean different in a good way once you stop being so afraid of your own uniqueness and embrace your authentic self in all your glory your entire world opens up until you do this deeply and enroll in saturn school you remain in the wrong job the wrong relationship the wrong profession you may even find yourself with the wrong friends or in the wrong country it's taken from eliza einhorn's little book of saturn now it's clear that you have embraced your authentic self by realizing okay i want to live sober etc do you feel like mm. before when you were drinking that any of these aspects of your life were wrong like job relationship profession friendships etc or just that the yeah. ones you already have have been enhanced by being sober 
the relationship was obviously wrong like before drinking the kind of job was probably I don't know if the job was wrong because I did enjoy my job but I, I needed to leave at that point because there wasn't really much progression there so I, I could have done with yeah like getting out of that um my friends have always been fantastic yeah. so those those I think are fine and the country I think I mean I like being here I, th- I think the interesting thing is that where it says about the parties and things like that when I was drinking I thought I was like a complete expert I thought I loved being sociable and I thought like parties were my thing and then when I stopped drinking I realized oh actually I really like being at home I really like just chilling out I really like just having my friends over mm-hmm. I don't have to go out and be in busy bars and be the center of attention and, and that I think has definitely really changed yeah I completely get that well you've give, been given more than enough chance to be at home as well so it's good that you enjoy it <laughs> perfect yeah um I had a feeling you might say that because yeah you come across as an extrovert and I think I do too but mm. yeah obviously to to live a sober life you have will have to embrace the parts of yourself that you didn't really give much airtime to and I imagine it would be much harder for you um and if, if you didn't really learn to embrace that so I completely get that and I do remember mm. when when I used to go to Brighton Pride with you um in the mornings when I used to be unbearable in terms of my talking like the volume of my voice and you were like Fern you're so loud I've got a hangover <laughs> I can't cope and I'd be there like squealing over my Domino's pizza <laughs> I think that's the true reason you became sober Millie yeah probably one of them <laughs> do you feel as if you used alcohol to mask your uniqueness or did you feel like it was bringing out your personality well, that's a really hard question I don't know if it was like I think it was masking a lot of like insecurities I think I really used it to like give this like party no fucks given persona when really I, I as a person feel very deeply <laughs> so this was kind of like a I don't give a shit I'm just gonna go out um so I think it was like masking insecurities. I, I don't know, maybe uniqueness, because I do think like some things that I get upset about, other people just don't get upset about. You're not like everyone else. And whereas actual Aquarius wears this characteristic proudly or without apology, you, Saturn in Aquarius, are uneasy about it. It makes you feel uncomfortable and you'd rather pass for normal, even if you and your loved ones know otherwise. God forbid anyone call you quirky, eccentric or weird. In your younger years, you were bullied because of either your fondness for wearing both stripes and polka dots together or for being oddly good at algebra. Remember that Saturn creates doubt and hesitation in the sign it's in. Your job is to embrace your inner freak and help others embrace theirs. You know your ingenuity makes you stand out so you don't try to hide it. You pretend you don't think about what you really think about and pretend you don't know what you really know. It will get better as you get older and you find your tribe, your true friends and your direction in life. Try not to fight who you are. You have so much to teach us, so much knowledge and understanding. Although you risk being ostracised for being yourself, what's just as likely to happen is that you will acquire not only fans and followers, but also friends galore. And that passage is taken from Eliza Einhorn's Little Book of Saturn. Now, how apt is that? That's literally worth yes, very accurate. Amazing. And I guess... It's very accurate. It's, in a way, I mean, this is quite an extreme passage in terms of, like... Um, being ostracized and like pretending you don't think about the freakish side of you but I guess in a way a few 
not so much now because more awareness but a few years ago you you were considered like a bit weird if you didn't drink which is ridiculous mm. um so if that's the case you you are clearly acing your Saturn return which would have been previously masked by like drinking behaviors arguably eating away at the aspects of your personality relationships and productivity did you always intend to help people in this way and how does it feel oh I mean yeah I <sighs> It sounds weird, but I didn't like set out to to help people like quit drinking, which I think I've been positioned as of recently, especially like with the book. But mine was, I really just wanted to help people like embrace sobriety, which sounds like the same thing, but it's not like I didn't want to really like sit there and say that step by step, this is how you quit drinking. I wanted to like show people that actually if you do quit drinking this is the amazing life you can have like Mm. these are what you can do like this is how you tackle sober dating this is how you can go to a party and not want to kill all your drunk friends like it was more the like helping people once they kind of made that decision rather than convincing people to make that decision and it still is that way I don't care what I think people think I want the whole world to be so but I don't if you want to drink that you drink that's totally cool but if you decide that you don't want to or maybe it's not for you anymore like I'm happy to like hold your hand and show you that there is this amazing other way so I think yeah I do want to help people but I think sometimes it's different to the help that I think people want yeah that I want to give <laughs> it's come as a bonus hasn't it really you were just sharing what you'd learned and then the mm. more people get on board I guess the better yeah um did it feel when you first came to realize that that's what you wanted to do um and I'm asking this question because of the bit in the passage that said you pretend not to think about what you're really thinking about did you feel a sense of like embarrassment at, at the beginning of like how am I going to tell people I'm going to do this did it make you feel vulnerable were you worried about the opinions of people and how did you overcome it yeah, I, I think that that is um that was a thing at the start. And I think it still is as well, because I still when I put things up, I still have to think in my head, OK, how do I write this in like a non preachy way? Because there is this like, classic thing with alcohol that as soon as you start talking about booze, people will say that you're preachy. If we were here and we were talking about how I changed my life with fitness, no one would probably be calling me preachy. But as soon as booze they is probably involved, would. People love yeah, to say shit about anything. <laughs> Someone <laughs> would say something. <laughs> So, and it's, so I still have to like think about that of like, okay, how do I like put what I know and all the science and how bad I know alcohol is, but put it into like content that people are going to like understand and resonate with and not immediately switch off. So there still is like a slight barrier of what I'd like to say versus how I actually say it. Yeah. Well, I think you're, you're, um, you're definitely coming into your own with that judging by the the amount of followers I love reading your posts I have to say your uh, long captions and and the amount of pink you throw in is just the cherry on the cake really I'm like oh, pink post. I'll read it <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's pink I'm there it's funny because some people don't like read captions and I I did like a, a post and asked if people actually bother reading the long captions and loads of people said no and then I stopped really doing them and then since I've had loads of people like oh, I really like the long captions yeah like, oh, okay it I'll always depends doesn't it I think because yeah. we, we're writers, we just like things like that. It's how you yeah. express yourself rather than just a picture. Um, yeah. Speaking of your gift, which is clearly writing, one of them, 
Um, I'm just going to read the passage about your gift. So you are potentially the best teacher of the Zodiac. You have an innate ability to explain the most esoteric or abstract concepts from physics to reincarnation. You break these down into simple language that anyone can understand. You explain things and the light bulb goes off in our heads. Aha, we cry. I get it now. The thing is, though, you feel most comfortable explaining others' ideas than your own. Taken from Eliza Einhorn's Little Book of Saturn. Now, you obviously do... Um, explain research scientific research into the benefits of not drinking etc but you don't do it in a boring textbook way you break it up like they said into like snippets of information for your everyday person to understand which is obviously why you've become so successful and people find comfort in reading what you write in terms of sharing your own experience like the more embarrassing stories for example the old pictures were you more comfortable sharing the scientific things or did you feel like you wanted to share your own personal experiences or was there a time where you felt like it became necessary because obviously you started off as anonymous didn't you yeah so sharing people other people's ideas like especially in this subject because I always think oh I'm not qualified in this subject I have like an English degree I don't have a degree in like alcohol studies so I do feel really comfortable sharing others like other ideas even though I feel like I genuinely know this subject inside out because of the amount of stories I get from other people I I still feel like I'm not the expert so I take other people's stuff but that is something that I really like doing and I think that is not not my gift but I I really feel like I can read things that I think are really important things that I like would want to know so I I like reading like the scientific studies I'm very interested but I know that I used to like switch off and I know a lot of people switch off and I feel like I know exactly how to get people interested in the subject Mm. I know how to take the bits that people will want to read and I know how to write them in a way that people will respond positively to them rather than just switching off and being like oh god another boring alcohol study like the way that I can communicate them I think resonates with people so basically you should just do like translations for millennials of all those old boring texts people have to uh, learn in GCSE English Exactly. I feel like I could do that. That might be my next job. The uh, Was it the CGP guides? Do you remember the really funny textbooks you used to get yeah. at school? Oh, yeah. I could definitely see you writing those. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, okay, that's, that'll be my next job. <laughs> Your challenge. You must not read the same metaphorical book over and over again, but expand your knowledge. You must not always go with the flow, but instead hold fast to your beliefs and habits. Do not always be like the branch, but instead be the trunk of the tree. Harder to cut down or fall. You must do all these things because Saturn is your teacher and has lessons for you. It's okay to think for yourself. It's okay to have your own ideas and it's okay to not be like everyone else. It's okay to not hide your unicorn horn and be who you truly are, to follow your own rules rather than the ones others have set. It's okay to be an individual and encourage others to do the same. Now, from my impression of you, I get that you don't have any trouble with that. You are clearly who you are. But when you first read that, how did you resonate with it? Yeah, I think that's probably been, I mean, it still is a challenge, like having, especially with like alcohol and and there's so much around at the moment, especially in like lockdown and the pandemic of like drinking and even like this kind of like much needed pushback on like diet culture, but somehow like alcohol has been swept in that like this January. So people are very like, oh, you know, don't cut things out. Don't be restrictive on yourself. Don't be hard on yourself. And I had to like think in my head, like it's so 
it's so all around us that even I think, oh yeah, God, maybe I shouldn't be cutting out alcohol. Maybe it is restrictive. And then I'm like, no, like it's not a food group. It's like a literally a toxic substance. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm not <laughs> restricting myself by not drinking poison, essentially. Like mm-hmm. that is what it is. So I, I still have to like think really critically every time I see things like that and think for myself and and like you say be the tree of like no this is what I believe in this is why I believe it I'm I'm not gonna let anyone else sway me because they're kind of saying what I'm doing is like restrictive or Mm -hmm. or whatever they're saying Mm -hmm. I um I only I don't really drink much like I forget about drink and then when I go out I'll I'll have some but whenever I have like a hangover instantly I think oh my god I can't believe I used to do this all the time when I was Mm. younger and that's enough for me that one thing and I think even just the memory of that is enough to make you think it's not worth it because you get even though you were saying you had like fears of stuff you might have done or might have said and sometimes you had proof that you had perhaps like behaved a little crazier or whatever um but sometimes you just get the fear like the mm. Sunday before you start work again, you don't, nothing's happened. You're, you know that nothing happened. You can remember everything, but you've just got that, this anxiety in your chest. And I used to actually associate Brighton with that, but I loved it. It was almost like addictive. Um, yeah. Yeah. God, I don't miss it though. No, I get the same. When I pull into Brighton Station, that is the exact feeling I get. Yeah. I'm like, oh God. Like, something's going to happen. Like the air yeah. is rife with promise. <laughs> Not in a good way, always. Um, So there's no doubt you're successfully encouraging others to be themselves, be that either following your advice with sobriety or sticking to drinking as you make it clear you do not judge others for their decisions. You're happy just to raise awareness so people become more knowledgeable about what they're putting into their bodies. In regards to expanding knowledge, as it says, you must not read the same metaphorical book over and over again, but expand your knowledge. I was just wondering what else is next for you? Is there anything else you wish to learn more about and branch out into? Or is Sober Girl Society your main focus? Because obviously you've already had a journal career behind you, having written for Elle, Stylist, BBC, even Standard. And <laughs> um, where does your heart truly lie career-wise? Um, do you know what? This this year has really pushed actually Sober Girl Society back in terms of what it was originally intended to do. So like we last year ran loads of events so like London Manchester we had one scheduled in Liverpool just before Covid and those are the things that I absolutely love doing is like apart from writing that is my main like passion but is just getting people together because for me like making sober friends has been so important and I say that as someone who has the most supportive friends who do drink yeah like even I always say, no, like if you were the only single one in your friendship group, no matter how nice your friends were about it and how supportive they were and they were saying things like, you know, you'll find someone, like they just don't get it. Yeah. And you want to find people who get it, whether that is you being single or whether that is you don't drink. And I'm sure there's like many other things like it. So I wanted to find people who got it because they didn't get it. And no matter how much they tried and they do try and they are the loveliest friends in the world, I still wanted to make like other sober friends and they have just been like some of them are my absolute best friends now and just even if you have like a wobble or you know someone's really pissed you off or something and you're like okay I need to talk to you about this because they're not going to get it and so I wanted to to give that that I had found to other people so I started doing the events and meetups and honestly people were like texting me like honestly I found my best friend from this and we see each other every week and it's just like so lovely 
And because of this year, we've just not been able to run any of those. So like my immediate priority when this all finishes is to like get those events up and running again. So Mm -hmm. that's what I think I'll probably focus on for like, hopefully 2021 if we all get vaccinated yeah um and then that that will kind of like be the big focus is like getting people together and doing those events and even just like showing people that you can be sociable and you can have fun you can do things without alcohol like you can go to a brunch and meet some other people and have a good time and there doesn't need to be booze involved in that everyone will be itching for it as well it'll be the best time to start Mm. events because you'll probably get more people than ever having yeah in their homes all year um, I love that sense of camaraderie it makes you like feel like this is exactly what I'm doing as well as your Saturn being in Aquarius your Saturn is in the fourth house and the house that your Saturn is in tends to be the area that is impacted now when I've spoken to other guests it doesn't always seem to be the case I'm going to read out um, a little passage about your Saturn in the fourth house so it's impossible to talk about Saturn in the fourth house without talking about home family the parents or primary caretakers we also talk about Saturn in this house in more personal ways than in some of the other houses it's more psychological and close to the bone the fourth house often represents the mother but sometimes the father it depends on the person the entire birth chart and their life experience but in general it revolves around the earlier years and what Saturn was like at home whether it was happy sad traumatic or wonderful with Saturn in this house we know there was an extra hurdle of some kind that the early years weren't all roses and butterflies it can create an unusually stable household and stable parents but one where life is very regimented and there are more rules and play dates Saturn in the fourth house will either double down on this with their own future family or become too soft taken from Eliza Einhorn's little book of Saturn do you resonate with it at all I don't massively resonate with it to be honest I think I had a very happy childhood Mm. so um like it is very stable I think my parents are happy they're still happy so um yeah everyone actually says that I'm an anomaly with drinking because most people who like had drinking problems will express some kind of like childhood trauma so everyone's like you're a really weird one for that because you had like such a lovely happy childhood I'm like yeah it was all Brighton's fault actually yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's funny um I guess really if you're if your um father has unfortunately been sick during this pandemic Mm. then that might have been something that tied into it like having to deal with care like caring for your caretaker which is obviously a bit of a role reversal um but aside from that I guess because you make a very big effort to express to people that not drinking is fun you don't Mm. seem extra regimented or like a rule follower one of those like pious people do you ever do you have a fear that that's how people are going to interpret you and that that you might even fall into the trap of being too strict with yourself and maybe in the future if you go on to have kids or or not um or do you feel like you've got a hang of that and that will never happen um yes and no I think I I do always worry that people think that I'm like that like when I'm at a party the worst thing I've been to like a couple of parties with my boyfriend like well not lately but like last year so meeting a lot of yeah right that was a Freudian (laughs) I know you were out last week I've literally not left this house (laughs) for about four months but like the worst is when you're at a party and then someone says like they've got a drink in their hand and they're like oh so what is it that you do and I'm like oh I am I write about like sobriety and I run it yeah and then they're like oh okay cool so I always like have to like preface it with like but I don't care what you do like so I do always worry that that is a thing and I do worry the one thing I always think about is having kids because I I have no idea the way that I should go with the parenting style when it comes to alcohol like 
do I go, no, you're not allowed to drink, like it's the devil, blah, blah, blah. Or do I go, you know, yeah, drink if you want to, and then hope that they find out for themselves that it's not great. Like I, I always worry about having children and, and how my approach to alcohol will be with them. So yeah, that might be a copy of your book on their bedside table like the bible yeah. <laughs> making yeah. shoes and then read you're like this. it's there if you want to read it yeah. from like four years old I'll be like here you go I'm gonna read your bedtime story <laughs> <laughs> just going back to when you said you've made like some of your best friends through this where exactly have you met them have they been people who've come to your page or were they people you sought out when you were starting off or are they from the events what was her, what's been the best source of meeting people face to face a lot of them have been through my page actually when when I first started Sober Girl Society a couple of other like pages popped up um of like people just like their own personal pages but talking about sobriety and we made like a small little group like quite at the beginning and started going to like events and like my friend Scott so I was working at Hearst at the time on Leicester Square and he messaged me and was like oh hey like I see that you're sober like I'm like four months sober if you ever fancy going for a drink or anything like let me know and I was like oh yeah that's great like where do you work and he said oh I work at Global Radio which is literally opposite my building so like you think like Leicester Square he was on one like point of the square and I was on the other point and we were like if we wave out like the window we can definitely see each other that's so cute yeah so we like went for a drink at the all bar one and then like from then on we'd like have lunch breaks together in mcdonald's and like just became like absolute best of friends so he that was literally just from him messaging me and then other people have been like from my events going to other events like at the start i got asked to do like a couple of panels and stuff because there wasn't really many people talking about sobriety um so I did those and like met other people on my panels and stuff like that that's really cute when you mention like speaking to someone and then knowing that they're just across the road Mm. it makes you think you've got no idea how many connections that could be walking past you that could be like your best mates exactly and and like I thought I was the only person like I was the only millennial in London who had decided that they didn't want to drink anymore Mm. and here was someone like literally less than like a foot away from me basically who was feeling exactly the same way that's crazy I'm like in awe of you basically you know that (laughs) you know that I'm honestly like I'm writing throughout lockdown as well so I'm also gravy for having the time but the fact that you wrote a book bearing in mind that you weren't even planning to write it so it's not like something you'd prepped or like beforehand and were always planning to do someone proposed it to you and then you wrote it from February (laughs) to July and then they like I mean you look amazing you're posting all your stuff on social media like I really am like in awe of you so Saturn return if you if you're thinking about it really extreme and you're like a diehard um fan of astrology it would be like oh Millie's Saturn return was she's aced it because she's been at home she's written a book during a pandemic based on something that was kind of eating away at her life she managed to turn it around write a book out of it make a career out of it made the most out of isolation by realizing she actually does like it and so basically you've passed the test what would you go back and tell yourself first of all before April of this year about how to cope with the coming months I mean I'd I'd hopefully just record what you just said and play that (laughs) because that's the thing like you say it like that but I don't think that I've aced it and that's like classic all of us isn't it like when you actually sit there and reflect on what I've done I'm like oh it is actually a lot but in my head I'm like I'm not doing enough I need to help more people I need to like write more stuff I need to do this like it's never enough so I would like to just play that 
and be like, look, all this amazing stuff is going to happen. Because if you'd have told me those things back then, I would feel like, yeah, that's it. Dreams come true. Whereas now I'm like, okay, on to the next thing. Yeah, that I thought I'd write a book and that'd be it. I'd retire in the countryside. <laughs> I'm like, okay, what do I do next? Go, I'll send you that clip for your morning alarm clock. Oh, yes, please. That'd be lovely. <laughs> and what would you go back and tell the Millie before she stopped drinking? Oh, just that like it would be okay if I stopped like it wouldn't because I think I had such a fear that my life would change my friendships would change that everything would be different and it kind of is in some ways but for the better so mm. I mean maybe I just would have gone back and handed her my book and been like this is gonna happen but if someone if someone approached me like on a night out when I was drunk and said look you're gonna write a book about sobriety I think I would have like just thrown a tequila over them. Stop talking, what are you talking about? So, yeah, I, I don't think I would have been able to tell me, but if I could have, that's, that's probably what I'd say. Well, I think that your Saturn return ending in January 2021 is the perfect rounding off having your book coming out. What have you learned the most between April and January of this year? Oh, just that, like, it sounds so cliche, but, like, material things and, like, accomplishments and achievements, like, don't make you happy. They're not, like, oh, they do make you happy to an extent, but they're not, like, the be-all and end-all. Like, I've had, like, such shit with my dad and stuff this year and just, like, especially, like, the pandemic, not being able to see my friends. Like, I've had all this amazing stuff on and I've still felt really sad at points because mm. I just, like, want to see my friends. I want to make sure, like, my dad is okay. Like, I'm not just all of a sudden amazingly happy because I've like got this book and I'm doing all these fun podcasts and stuff like that's not it it's it's like the human connection and it's the spending time with my friends and my loved ones that is what makes me really happy and I think that's why I've like I think I always knew that but I think this year has like affirmed it that like it doesn't matter what I achieve like just those people make me happy and spending time with them and and doing that kind of stuff is is what is gonna like keep me going Millie Gooch's book, The Sober Girl Society Handbook, An Empowering Guide to Living Hangover Free, is out today and you can buy it in all good bookshops. That was the final episode of Thank You Saturn. If you'd like to listen to previous episodes, we have great interviews with the likes of Katie Lowe. At the end of December, I remember being on a train and writing, something needs to change. Like, I can't, I am going to go insane. I'm going to jump off a bridge if I keep doing this. I can't, you know, I can't keep this up. Vangelis Poliduro. The reason why I struggle with this question is because you don't want to say something that sounds up yourself. Like, so I actually remember going to a singing lesson and the teacher said, give me five things about yourself that you like. And then I was saying it and she's like, and now say it again, but don't filter it. Say everything that you want to say and don't be afraid to like say it. And it was the weirdest thing because you start saying stuff you're like, oh my God, I can't say that. And it's like, you can't, you just say it. Blimes Brixton. In and out of a um, relationship that I was trying desperately to make work because that wasn't working over and over again. I was getting sober. I was learning how to live life without drugs and alcohol, without a dependence on, you know, a crutch, an escape. Topher Taylor. The only way I can describe it is I have like pins and needles in my cheeks and comment after comment after comment after comment of people telling me how disgusting I am. Like, I'm vile, people hate me, and I'm like, wow, people hate me because I enjoy sex. This is mad. Aaron Kent. And I thought, well, I can't do this anymore. I have to I have to try and achieve something with my life. So I, I left her, and I remember driving home, and I was listening to a Modest Mouse song, Past, Parting of the Sensory, which is a really good song. And it was like a balloon. I felt like a balloon had inflated above my head, and... 
it was like my worries and it had popped it exploded and i was finally free arrows i met my third girlfriend and i was just like i think i want to date all of you all at once and so then i told everybody and everybody was down and i had for the first time in my life in december of 2018 uh three girlfriends at once and lizzie hills but i think it just my life i was just having that sort of funny five minutes of like is this it for me is this what i'm happy doing is this who i'm happy with is this where i'm happy living i was just kind of a bit i don't want to use the word angry but just a bit out of sorts i would also like to say a big thank you to eliza einhorn for allowing me to use passages from her book the little book of satin in order to interview my guests if you would like to learn more about your own satin return after listening to this podcast i encourage you to buy it it's full of guidance wisdom insights into satin return in all of the houses and the signs and you can buy it by searching on amazon or on google to buy it from your local bookshop or online retailer and i'd also like to say a big thank you to ara cho who designed my gorgeous artwork she's drawing amazing pin-up girls all the time she's also a tattoo artist check out her stuff her instagram is baby x cho cho and a big thank you to phil donnelly as well you can find him donnelly d-o-n-n-e-l-l-y dot phil He's a composer and he made my jingle. Thank you all so much for listening. It's been a pleasure and hopefully catch you soon because I don't think this is quite the end of the podcast. Just for now. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please like, share and review. Thank you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.